It's not just electric, it's a Mercedes. Mercedes EQ, where luxury is reimagined for a sustainable world. Where iconic design satisfies your desire for better. Where reducing emissions is exciting. Mercedes EQ is the new all-electric range that gives back in style. Innovation with no compromise on luxury. This is for you. The all-electric Mercedes EQ range. Want to know where Stunaline could take you this year? From school runs, to road trips, from FaceTime, to face-to-face time. Get away from the everyday and we'll take care of everything else. Take your car to Britain and France from only €139 Euros car and driver one way. And if you upgrade to our FlexiFare, if your plans change, so can your ticket. Book today at stunaline.ie. Terms and conditions apply. I think every team realistically would be speaking about it. Uh, I've always said that unless I felt drunk with all Ireland, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play because the sacrifices are just too high. OTB AM live weekday mornings from seven thirty on the OTB Sports app. All right, episode nineteen of the Football Pod is here, and we have just crowned the twenty twenty one All Ireland champions, and it is Tyrone. The county of Tyrone have won the All Ireland for this year. Andy Moran. I'm going to go straight to you because Paddy Andrews wasn't even in the country when this final was taking place. <laughs> Can you talk us through the pain? Yeah, it was a unusual day. It was, um, Joe, you go with like the hope and the expectation of a supporter. It, it, it's very bizarre, to be honest with you. You go in and you see it's 50-50. You go in at half time. The team haven't played well and you're thinking we're shooting into the Davin stand here. We're two points down. Wow, what a chance! Now you know what's coming off the Tyrone bench. You know you've a, you know you've a big, big Tyrone bench coming, which we'll get to. But the the, the chance at halftime was real, and um, it just kind of faded away from us. I, like I don't think at any stage I thought, okay, we're we're on here to win this. Um, but uh, yeah, literally hugely disappointing. Um, Watching a few friends, I suppose, like Colin Boyle at the end of the game, just standing on the pitch might be his last time to grace Croker. Um, yeah, all that. Uh, you, you, you have them range of emotions. But listen, the best team won. The best team won. And uh, you come out and you couldn't begrudge it to them. Uh, what they went through, the teams they've beaten along the way. Um, as my old person, very disappointed. The town was like, uh, Casabar was like, uh, you know, it, it's like someone died over there. But it's, um, yeah, listen, it's 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 very, very sombre at the minute. But it was, um, listen, it was one of those days we, we didn't perform and Tyrone did their job and they're going home with Sam McGuire. Paddy, you've obviously watched the game back since. Tyrone grabbed that game by the throat when it was there to be won. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And look, we touched on it last week. <laughs> this felt like a massive opportunity for both of these teams to for, for Mayo to end so many, so many years of of devastating losses, having beaten, finally gotten over the Dublin hurdle in the semi-final. Then all of a sudden, the, the Red Hot favourites of Kerry are beaten in the other semi-final and Tyrone have an opportunity to, to win only their fourth All-Ireland and the first time in 13 years. The teams were so evenly matched. The two big dogs were beaten in the semi-finals. We just got the sense whoever won this one, it was going to be a massive win. And whoever lost it, it was going to be an even 
devastating to lose an All Ireland final, but but even more so to, to lose this one because it was such a massive opportunity for two essentially underdogs to, to get to this All Ireland final. Like nobody had backed these two teams to get there. You feel that that probably Dublin will will bounce back next season. Kerry, with all the talent they have, they're surely going to start pushing on. There might be change of coaches there. You feel like they'll be back at the top table again. It just felt like a massive, massive opportunity for one team to, to grab it. And it was Tyrone. It, it was. And I touched on it last week. It was a tight game to call because the teams played such a similar style. They both came through unfancied in their semi-finals and took out two of the favourites. And it was a hard one to call, but, it, but I just felt... Tyrone's greater scoring power would probably see them over the line and the old failings that that, that have probably hurt Mayo in some of the big All-Ireland finals over the past decade you could kind of see that in the second half that Tyrone you're right Tommy they, they controlled the game they had to an arm's length and particularly once the goals went in you just felt Mayo were not going to have the firepower to get that one back yes they had opportunities but they just weren't clinical enough and it is a devastating loss for them again because it was such a unique final that you felt it was probably as good an opportunity as they'll ever have. And that's why you can sense the, the devastation for the players and for the supporters as well. But Andy's right. There's no qualms about this one. Tyrone were a better team on the day. They could have played that match for another hour. Tyrone were going to keep their noses in front of that game and it was well-deserved. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, we're 19 episodes into the football pod this year. Tyrone have featured plenty of times in the podcast, especially in the early weeks when we were talking about them. Andy, you have obviously spent time in college up around that part of the country. And you've, you've, you know a lot of people up there. So I felt like it was a county that we did speak about, especially with your new management ticket at the start of the year. None of us are really talking about them as All-Ireland contenders. So the story of Tyrone, we're going to get into that in this podcast and how they've managed to, mm. to win that fourth All-Ireland ever in the county. We're going to talk about how they did it, the stars, the players that made it work for them what they got right in the day. We're also going to pick through where Mayo went wrong, how it fell apart from them in the day. And while the chances were there, they just didn't take them. There's an Instagram Q&A coming your way at the end. Some of the Football Pod listeners have sent in their questions. As always, some that we can bring out on air and some that we can't. And if you don't mind, I'm going to move from, you know, a lot of the pieces that we've had off the ball over the last three or four days rightfully have been the the sheer elation. And I, I think people of Tyrone, they're nearly a little. This this one's taking them a little bit by surprise themselves. I think they're nearly, they're nearly getting used to it now. Two days on that they've actually won the All Ireland again. And I heard Brian McGuigan said enough the ball tonight that it actually feels like the first one in 03. It's that kind of a, you know, fourteen years isn't a long time since they won in 08, but it's that kind of a feeling again. Like that first one they won in 03, it feels like a, a new, a new coming altogether. Can we picture the carcass a little bit more? And I, I don't want this to be awake today, but it must feel like that a little bit of Mayo, like you. You mentioned the range of emotions that you went through in the game. What range of emotions have you gone through watching it back? Because I know you've watched it back more than once since Saturday evening. Like, you probably started off initially disappointment. You're running out of croaker just to get home. What's it been like since? I think, like, it was a funny one because it wasn't where we were, we were tight and we, we lost. To me, the game we never got going in the second half. We never got the the crowd never got going. It never it never it never built up like we're we're like Paddy has said it an awful lot of the time. We we live on chaos. We like the ball we broke. We like mistakes. And we pointed out last week that there was going to be huge mistakes. There was going to be miss freeze. There was going to be instances where you got chances. And with the team who maximised that the most. 
that that went and won the game. And for me, oh, it, it's quite simple. We we we. Dewar and Logan and the, the guys probably best, James and Kieran Mack and them guys in terms of tactical approach. Um, I think that's fair to say. Um, and then on top, like if you look at the matchups that Tyrone, they, yeah. like, their matchups better are matchups. Like Myler takes Paddy Durkin out. Um, Paddy's such an important player for us. And their midfield, lads, their midfield, Kelly and Kilpatrick, were simply outstanding. Like, I, for me, I know Myler and McCurry and these guys were excellent, but Kilpatrick was was sensational in the game. Um, Isn't that funny, Andy? Because I know two of us would have to hold our hands up last week how Ruan had played throughout the summer. Really a breakout year for him, obviously, with a brilliant performance in the Connacht final and his performance against Dublin. We felt the teams were so evenly matched, but absolutely we both said that, that Mayo would have an advantage around the middle with their athleticism. And that would be a key platform for them to go and try and win this game. And that was absolutely turned on its head. You know, in terms of dealing with Morgan's kickouts and, and the impact, both those relatively inexperienced Toronto guys had in that game was outstanding. Outstanding from, from Kilpatrick and Kennedy to give Tyrone that platform of, of Morgan's kickouts. And that was surprising. That that was, and you felt if Mayo didn't have that foothold, they couldn't get the ball inside to their inside forwards, who we felt would probably might struggle for scores anyway, mm. but with even less possession, it just became a bit of a non-event in there. And that, that was an outstanding piece for, um, from both those Toronto midfielders who deserve massive, massive credit there. Uh, before you jump back in there, Andy, I think last week it definitely felt like Mayo were 60-40, maybe even 65-35 in that area, and that we thought that Mayo would get the run in them, even attacking-wise, they put them on the back foot. Mm. But we had Niall Morgan on, on OTBAM this morning, and he the brilliant interview, 25 minutes. And he spoke about during the week, Con Kilpatrick coming up to him, actually before the game, and he said, if you need an out ball, just land it on me. Just hit me with it. I know I have it. And you saw Morgan. He was looking for that centre forward ball a lot or that out ball to Conquer Patrick. Those boys must have been going into that game thinking, do you know what? We've been motoring well here. We can take down Ruan and, and O'Connor and Loftus. They seem to play with their chest out. I think it summed it up at the end. Ruan's right, Carl. I know it's the end of a game and the frustration is there, but Kilpatrick seemed to do those little wrestling matches. He got away with it earlier in the game, I think, with O'Shea. Kennedy got booked early on and he managed to stay on. They just seemed to win the little jewels in the middle of the field throughout. I don't they, know. Did all, they did it all over. and I suppose to answer, to answer the question that you asked me earlier, and I'll come back to the midfielders, the, the sense for us, Mayo, right now is... How do we lose so many of them bottles? Like if you go through the Mio uh, team, the biggest issue we really have is that our two main performers, the two guys that maximised what they could do, was Stephen Stephen Cohen, who was outstanding, and Lee Keegan, who was outstanding. And outside that, then you're looking at our performances and you're thinking, he could have done better, he could have done better, he could have done more, he could have done... And it's right throughout the team. And that's the most disappointing part from being from Mio. But if you look at... Tyrone, you look at maybe 10, 11 performances of the highest calibre. And you have McKenna, your boy, as Paddy likes to call it for you, your boy McKenna, like he gets, he does nothing really and has a <laughs> massive play on 1-1. One, one. Like, he, he, he like he gets a kick out, gets it to McCurry straight away. McCurry kicks point first half and then his play for the goal is just is, is an outstanding bit of football. Like it's, it, you can see 
the football. It's just there. It's just they need to. You know, yeah. well, you said it. You said it a few weeks ago. It's nearly like he's playing AFL still. Like he's a moments man. It's nearly like those five minute bursts. Even when he's chasing down a fella, I, I thought yesterday he was going to pull a fella down in an AFL style tackle. But do you know the Morgan's bomb over the top that McCurry nearly scores the goal at 30 minutes First in? Half. Yeah, yeah. McKenna gets a flick on that. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's doing as well. Like he knows Darren McCurry is behind him. I like said he's like a, he, he's a moments player. For, for the time. And I get, look, he's been away for, for a period of time. Like I'd say <laughs> very limited possessions in the semi-final against Kerry, yet he comes up and scores two goals. You, you know what I mean? He, he has had big plays throughout this summer without ever dominating a game and you get the sense that it's there like his athleticism his speed his power is all there you can see at times he does some brilliant things on the ball and then he does some rash things and he misses a bad mark in the second half you're thinking that's, that's technically that's quite an easy kick for someone like him mm. but Andy's right it kind of passes him by for a lot of the game but Who- then he comes through with that play and the pass to McCurry. And ultimately, once that goal goes in, and there was a huffing and puffing afterwards from Mayo, once that goal goes in, you felt that that was the race run that, that Terrell were home and hosed. And, and that was just a brilliant, brilliant play from him. And quiet down for the rest of the game. But <laughs> I, know, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we'll, we'll come back to those moments. So I want to know who gets the credit for like squeezing every inch out of Conor McShane and Conor McKenna that those boys got this year. They got huge scores and huge moments out of them. But Andy, you said it, like Stephen Cohen and Lee Keegan looking beyond them. Lee Keegan turns around after that goal and scores another incredible point. And you're just thinking, if anyone can drag Mayo back, it's Lee Keegan. But he couldn't do it on his own. Like, why, how does that happen in a, in a game like that? That I'm not saying, uh, naturally it can happen to a couple of players, but how can two thirds of your team not put in, not do themselves justice? Well, it's not to, like, okay, so I think that's kind of rash to just say that. It, it goes two ways. So for Kerry, in most battles, you have a team that says, we need to play our way, and then you have a team that's going to shut them down. Now, Tyrone owners <clears throat> so comfortable, and they've the exact personnel you need to shut a team down. And they literally went after, they went after Lee a bit, uh, but Lee did well. Uh, they went after Paddy Durkin Miner did really well in Paddy Durkin they went after Oshin Mullen every time he came forward to the plan from Michael O'Neill Frank Burns just sat in in the centre took him once he came through the middle they went after Matty Ruan hugely and like just took him out of the game and then Kilpatrick and Kennedy do, Kennedy do their bits and pieces in around us and they, Joe Tommy uh, like Hamsey's pace lads when Tommy Conroy goes up the end line and he sticks with him I was just like whoa yeah. I think he had yeah. Notice that, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> like you know what I think of Ryan O'Donnell, a superb footballer, but McKernan does a terrific job of him. Like a terrific job of him. Kevin McLaughlin, Petey Hart, these guys, they just they just won them battles. And once you took our guys out of it, our main guys, like if you think about it, out of Jermyn, Matty and Loftus, uh, Connor. Connor shoots for 1-3, so I never really give out about a book that shot, even though some of his shots mightn't have been the right decisions. But he shot. Matty and Jermyn didn't get a shot. They didn't get a shot for the game. The two guys, me and Paddy, sat here last week and said, yeah. get them in around the fringes, getting a few shots off, they have a real chance. But not a chance. Like, Jermyn did okay around the middle, but never got dangerous where we needed him to get dangerous. Um, and that, that, that's the big, that was the big issue for us. We needed Paddy Durkin, Lee Keegan, 
Matty Ryan, Jeremy O'Connor, and uh, Loftus to score. We needed them to score and then supplement yes. that with what Ryan O'Donoghue and Tommy Conroy would do. It never happened. We were never going to score enough. And Paddy says about the old failings, and of course I'm a forward, so I would stand up for the forwards. Our problem in finals that's, is we've conceded goals. Like, mm. you look at last year against Dublin, two 14 to 15 points. You look at, you know, our, our, our scoreline against Dublin, I think, in 2013 was something, was it something like... Two goals as well, yeah. Yeah, two, two 12 to one thirteen or something, or something in around that. Johnny mm. goal in 2012, two 11 to 12 points in around them scorelines. The problem was, yes, we mightn't have scored enough, of, but the two goals have always killed us. And, and again, the last day, the two goals killed us. Eamon Fitzmaurice had a line about the charge of the light brigade and the, I suppose, the Mayo attack and the style of football that Horan wants to play. That, you know, it's everyone's going forward and it's this, it, it's, it's within that chaos. And then when you're in the chaos, it's incredible. But we also knew coming into this that Tyrone got two seven off turnovers against Kerry. And I think they got one seven yesterday off turnovers. So is yeah. that where you're left, like Paddy, is that where Mayo were left exposed that they are that gung-ho that you know you'll catch them? Just on the Fitzmaurice bit, bit before you come in, I think a bit of Eamon's piece, which is class piece, but I think a bit of it was being written about Kerry, if I'm being honest. Okay. So he, he was writing about me all, but I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was a small bit saying was... we did the same thing two weeks ago here, you know? Sorry. Are you going for the gig as well, no? Yeah, you, sure you, you and Jenny. You, you got me in enough trouble last week. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, so, sorry. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, no, I, I think... Tyrone are, are so well suited to the style that Mayo play. Like in terms of a running game, runners from deep, Tyrone are so well organised. They're so fit and athletic themselves. Mayo's A game suited Tyrone. And, and, and Andy hit, uh, raised the point there and you have to give massive praise. It's probably not the most uh, aesthetically pleasing bit of the game, but but. If you look at what Tyrone do to Kerry's key players, David Moran, Sean O'Shea, Paddy Clifford, all of Kerry's key attacking threats outside of Clifford, Clifford's like say a lance himself, but all of those guys were all on the periphery of that game in the semi-final. They're all get, getting possessions, but they're not in dangerous areas. They're being tagged so, so diligently by the matchups, and we spoke in, in an earlier pod in the summer, the the importance of getting your matchups and your man-to-man guys right is literally the difference between winning and losing. You get one of them wrong and someone makes hay, and there's probably a challenge I feel about McCurry and O'Hara. I don't think they were suited. McCurry gets man of the match. Look, it's not the only thing, but the importance of, of having your matchup spot on. Tyrone got them right in all the big games. Yep. And you look at what Mayo needed, and we said this last week. Tommy Conroy and Ryan O'Donoghue are good players, and they've had good seasons. They are not of the caliber of a David Clifford, Conor Callahan, Paul Mannion, and those guys at their peak, where they can probably shoot. They can win your game on their own. They can kick a couple of scores. There'll be a handful, but for Mayo to get the scores to win this game, they needed those guys around the middle of the pitch. They needed two points off O'Connor. They needed Matthew Rowan to have the impact that he had in the Connacht final. They needed Aiden to try and chip in with maybe one, two points. Paddy Dirk and Lee. They needed all of those guys to, to offer something in attacking sense. Tyrone knew that. And they got their matchup spot on again. And just like in the semi-final, just like against Donegal in 
the Ulster semi-final as well. Tyrone nullified the key players for the opposition and they were all around the fringes of the game. And even Keegan as a brilliant kind of third quarter, that's nearly probably just his mentality. He's just driving forward. But but a lot of Mayo's key guys were not in that game. And that's credit to the matchups and the organisation of what Tyrone did. And the style that Mayo play, running the ball from deep, that is bread and butter to that Tyrone defence. It really is. There was a kick out in the first half that Henley took short to Aidan O'Shea and Aidan O'Shea ran 50 yards of it and he gave it to Matty Ruan and Ruan ran into a bit of contact and fisted it over the line. Now, Frank Burns stood on the sideline and put it over, but it reminded me a little bit of the Kerry game and what we saw in in kind of allowing him to do it. Is this me asking this question out of naivety in hindsight, but I felt like after the Kerry game, we were talking about the fact that Kerry didn't really focus on the Tyrone players in the sense that Tyrone nailed their matchups and maybe it's because they were the underdog going in. But like all week we were talking about this being 50-50. How come it feels like Mayo possibly didn't focus on their own matchups? About Why didn't Mayo focus on nullifying the Tyrone boys? Is that, is that fair to say? Like did they stop McGeary say? It feels like McGeary had less of an impact than the, than the other, than the semi-final. Did Mayo get any other matchups right or is it like, again, the winners writing the scripts? Is it? I don't know. Is that harsh to say, Paddy? I think they got some right. Like say, I, I thought the O'Hara one and McCurry wasn't great. But then if you look at, like Matty Donnelly is, is, is pretty much taken out of the game. He gets one point. Um, but but it's taken off after 45 minutes. You wouldn't have really thought that um, before the game. You would have thought if Toronto are going to win, Matty Donnelly's going to have the big impact. Um, McGeary was definitely quieter. But look, that's probably understandable because he was so influential in the previous games. Uh, I felt look and Andy, Andy said and I think the general consensus from the reaction from the uh, fr- from the last couple of days on the line Tyrone won that battle I feel the more pressing concern I would have had for James Horan was the style of play that it clearly wasn't working that we're trying to run the ball very similar to what Kerry did in the semi-final we're turning the ball over a lot Tyrone scored 1-7 off turnovers losing the ball in contact and you're talking there, there is space inside in that Toronto defence. It's different from the uh, kind of uh, Mickey Hart style where there's guys sitting there all mm. the time. Tyrone get a lot of guys back in transition. But if you kick the ball quickly, like Rob Henley goes along with a kick out to Manny Ruan who wins it or Aiden, and, and delivers the ball to Kevin McLaughlin who puts a 40-yard kick pass in to Aidan O'Shea on the edge of the square with the two boys inside. That never happened in the game. Never. And this is why I've in a way, I think Aidan O'Shea is kind of getting challenged a lot about this and some of it's just bullshit. It's kind of, a, it seems like it's a bit personal on the side of things that the, the social media can be like that. But if you're playing Aidan O'Shea inside in the full forward line, you've got to kick the ball into him. There's no point in having him in there and running the ball from all over the pitch. He is not going to get possessions in that regard. You're not playing to his strengths. The only time he'll get the ball is when you've spent 25, 30 seconds transitioning it up the pitch and Tyrone are set in the defence. So if you're going to use him inside, at least play to his strengths. Or if you're going to run the ball and you're totally adamant on this and James Horn is saying, this is the, the Mayo style of play, well then play him around the middle. There's no point in having him in the edge of the square if you're not going to kick it in there. Let him get tackled. Let him compete for these long kickouts which Morgan was doing. It was so obvious for the entire game that was a tactic. That's Aidan O'Shea's strength. If you're not going to kick it into the full forward, play him out around the middle. And I felt more so, yes, there's questions over a couple of matchups I would have felt mm. with, with what Mayo did in terms of their defence. 
I, I thought the style play. of play really, really suited what Tyrone wanted them to do. Um, and that's a big thing. Like to not have that adaptability, to be able to see that at half time or in, in the third quarter, going, we are struggling for scores here. We need to change this up. And it just didn't come. And it was comfortable for Tyrone. I don't think the defence, and they'll get a lot of praise because they're so well organised, but I don't think they were really tested either. Mm. I, like Paddy, like what what feeds into this as as from a football point of view and a coaching point of view is that the tempo that Tyrone played the game. With. So we all had two to one fans in the stadium the last day. Every, the whole country knows us. We're love getting behind the love getting behind the team. Sure. Yeah. There wasn't a moment in the game on Saturday where you could stand up and go. You never heard it, Tommy. No. I guarantee you, Lee McHale didn't get up and kind of. Joe, give it one, like, you know, where you're saying, come on, you know. But it never happened because Tyrone didn't allow that to happen. And that's what you call a tactic. And the reason to do that is because they know Mayo want to play the game like that. They want to go up and down the field. They want to big runners right through the middle. They know we want to play with a the tempo. They know we want to do it quickly. And when they slow it down, it makes their matchups easier for them. Then, then yeah. you see Myler sprinting 30, 40 yards to take a five-yard hand pass off Morgan. And you're thinking, why is he doing that? Because he's killing Paddy Durkin by doing that. He's killing him. And then you have uh, a Frank Burns coming in, you have O'Neill coming in, you have Kilpatrick running Tommy Conroy through the middle of the field because that's their tactic. They're running them guys all over the pitch because then when the ball comes in, the guys aren't fresh. They're not where they need to be. And yeah. the, way you, the way you kill that tempo though, Tommy, the way you kill that tempo is by kicking the ball in. It feels like it's the wrong thing to do because you're thinking we can't get turnovers. But if you think about it, if you kick the ball in from halfway or from the outside the 45 into the full forward line, you have 12 or 13 men in good positions to counteract the counterattack. If you run it in there, you have too many fellas ahead of the ball and they're just going to count you. That's the nature of kicking the ball in. And if you don't, if you don't then, sorry, Paddy, on that, the other way you kill the tempo is by pressing the kick out. You can't give them a kick out because then they just get the ball and they hold it for 10 minutes. When you were playing against Cluxton, when you used to get tired with 55, 60 minutes gone, if he got one off to Johnny Cooper in the corner, you nearly started crying because you knew you weren't getting it back in two minutes. Do you know what I mean? They just killed the tempo. So you had to make them kick it out the middle of the field. Can I, like... Can I, just, can I just say minutes. on that point, Tommy, sorry, because it's easy to get lost in this. And we're talking about Tyrone feed off turnovers. You get two seven off turnovers against Kerry. They get one yeah. seven. They get half their scores in turnovers. And yet we're saying kick the ball in. There's a massive difference between turning the ball over in contact, carrying it into contact, up the centre channel, running down blind alleys. That's a bad turnover to give away. You're not set you're turning it over in a dangerous area of the pitch and it allows Tyrone to break a pace. There's what's called like an aggressive turnover. If, you, if you're if you 60, 70 yards out from goal and you put a ball, a 50-yard kick pass right into, into the 21, into a full forward, and he loses it there, that's not the work. That, that's an aggressive turnover. It's a little bit it's like good. how Jack O'Connor used to set up the Irish team, a little bit, like put it into the corner and... Jack, Jack Charlton. Or Jack Charlton, sorry. Yeah. Jack no, but, but basically, the, the reward of that ball going in if, if they turn it over, it might be a kick out for Morgan or Morgan gets it and he's on the yeah. edge of the square. That's that's not a bad turnover to give away. So, so people are saying, why are you saying kick the ball when you're giving out about turnovers? There's different types of turnovers. Yeah, but you've also and, got and a target in Edna Shea there. Who's a, who's a exactly, and, and that's why it was just, it, uh, 
we said it last week, we spoke about it, that I didn't expect to see him inside because he's not going to get those scores. To get the best out of him, play him in his best position. And it was just like he was second half, playing inside, not not having an impact on the game. And we're talking about this. For Mayo to win this game, their biggest players needed to be influential in the game. And to do that, you've got to at least try and give them the best opportunity to do that. Yep. And I just don't feel they did that. I really don't feel they did that at times. And, and for Tyrone, if you're McNamee and you're McKiernan and you're Hampsey on, on Tommy Conroy mm. and you just see these lads are just running the ball from all over the pitch, that, that's easy for the defence. That's your breeder. You know you're not going to have to sprint out and try and win a 50-50 ball, you know, a 60-yard kick pass. That's the Toronto defence wanted that. That suited yeah. them. Um, and that's, I think, the disappointing thing if they're reviewing that for, for Mayo and for James Horne. In the 38 minute of the All-Ireland final, I think there's, is there a point? There's two points in it. Tommy Conroy's bare and true and goal. Probably if he takes another touch, he probably buries it. He just takes from too far out. Two, less than two minutes later, it's a penalty. Ryan O'Donoghue shaves the post. Two minutes later, Conor McShane is brought in. And a minute after that, Podrick Hampsey is coming up the line with the ball. He gives it to Conor Myler. Conor Myler doesn't think about it, Andy. He knows that he's floating that ball into to Conor McShane. Like it's a, a full forwards dream that ball. Uh, they've done that move. That's not. That's 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 a training ground move. Like the two goals are, are straight from the training pitch. Like the, the the boys have done that multiple times. You can see it is right in front of me. It's a beautiful pass. The movement is sensational, um, and it's it, it's a great score. But I go back to. I better give him credit because I told I told them Mayo were going to win midfield last week, so I have to go back to Kilpatrick. Loftus is very and true. He's in the D. Kilpatrick makes the most outstanding turnover, like the most outstanding turnover. The goal comes from that, um, and the second goal we all know comes from a Kilpatrick high catch. So, like it was just it was it was outstanding play right through Hamsey coming through. I can picture him now. A miler just being in the right position, us not squeezing it. You often here in soccer, don't let the cross get into the box. <laughs> you know, mm. squeeze it, squeeze it. <laughs> no, you could you could see it happening, and it just it it, it didn't. And it's a beautiful move. And you're mentioning Tommy there and Ryan, two guys. Unfortunately, Tommy carries that a bit more in as in the back post. It's tapping, but I genuinely feel that Tyrone were actually in control of the game. I know that sounds silly, like. If you think about the penalty chance, the penalty comes from a free that we miss that falls into the box and we get the penalty from. Do you know, it wasn't... But it, 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 I know, I know, it could have... not such fine lines, though. And we needed something to absolutely get the crowd going and get our energy moving. But it just didn't... I have to say, from where I was sitting, it didn't feel like... I, like it, I was hoping the goal crashed the back of the net, the penalty, and I was like, Joe, it's a huge chance, and I thought it gave us a bit of momentum. They still had McShane, Canavan, Paul Donnelly, Ben McDonald, who was brilliant when he came on again. Mm. You no, know, them guys, they still had them to come on. Um, would it, it could have, it could have, 100% it could have, and it could have got us to that 19, 20 point mark. But realistically, Tyrone were in control of the game. You were at it, Tommy, I was at it. They were in control of the game. And you have Mayo teams over the last decade, say from 2011, had license to kick the ball. Um. Ah, we always had license to kick the ball. Of course we had, yeah, hundred percent. But like, uh, like, do you know what bullshit narrative I hate? Lads? Do you know what I hate? I hate this comparing games to years ago. Compare it on on its merits to the game, right? We all played Tyrone last 
not Saturday evening, two mm. absolutely completely new teams. James Horn overachieved by getting me over to that final. When we were here, me and Paddy have said it for weeks. Kenny O'Connor goes down to Cusick Park. Me and Paddy didn't expect to see me on the other final. No. Yeah. no. You overachieved to get there. Brian Dewar. And, and last year. Yeah. Brian Dewar and, and, and Fergal Logan. Like, again, we've been on about first-year managers. It's tough to build the system. They overachieved by getting to the final. Take the game on its merits. We said it was going to be nervy, edgy, who took the chance the best. Tyrone did that. They controlled the game. The better performances. Like, what has 2016 and 2017 and 11 and 12 got to do with a final in 2021? Absolutely. He's just trying to keep us relevant, Andy. Yeah, it, but, it, but it is. Chatty, like, Are you blaming me for that bullshit narrative? Because that's not what I was getting. No, but you're part of the media. You two boys are part of the media now, too. Me, me and Paddy just did it no, no, the media. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's like this thing, all oh, my own finals, and just take the, the, the game was there. It was. The match was there. The better team won the game by a distance. Yeah. That's it. I, I, I would say, in response to that, and I, I agree with what Andy's saying, Mayo lost, I, I feel Mayo lost that game. There was a lack of quality, I felt. I, I thought they were all technically what, what, far better in, in their tactical execution of the game. But also, here's an example, right? Conor Myler is a... We, we could a transition player himself and McGeary, yeah. Tierney McCann and these guys. Yes, there he is. He has the ability to adapt to what's in front of him as well. That yes, he'll carry the ball. He'll go man to man on Paddy Durkley, match him athletic, from an athletic point of view. But he gets the ball on the sideline. Mayo stand off, man. He sees McShane's run and he executes a 40-yard kick pass onto the money behind Oshin Mullen. That's adapting to what's happening in front of him. Was I, I feel Mayo were just so rigid and we're running the ball, we're running the ball, we're running the ball. That's it. Tyrone, I felt, technically were better in their skill execution. And, and I feel you can talk about Mayo and the mentality of losing finals and it's how many X, Y and Z and James Horn and Aidan O'Shea and all these guys. Mayo were outplayed completely in that game on Saturday. It was nothing else. I don't think it was a mental thing. It was from a quality standpoint. Tyrone, their kick passing, they moved the ball slicker. They were more clinical with their chances that they got. Like Mayo have probably four, three, four goal chances. Don't take them. Tyrone take their two, and that's ultimately the, the difference in the game. And for the goal, I think Myler, an example of that. There's a guy who's known as a runner and a ball carrier. He still has the wherewithal and the skill to turn around and go. Well, there's a 50 yard kick pass. I'll just nail that. And Parra Campsey goes man to man with Tommy Conroy and he finds himself 50, 40 yards out on the right-hand sideline and he has the skill and the wherewithal to nail that kick on the outside of his right. McGeary has the same. Mayo get those chances. Jordan Flynn, Perel, um, Connor Loftus, they didn't have the technical ability to do that. But that just, that's a huge difference and you can't really get away from that side either. Just, just on the technical ability, for Canavan's point, right, for Derek Canavan's point, Michael McKernan hits an outside foot pass. Yeah. Corner back. I think it's Hamsey again running through the middle of the field or McNamee. Like, yeah. outrageous pass. Sorry, Benny. Yes. So, no, but, but that's, I think you have to appreciate that as well. Uh, and I think that's, it's easy to focus on and Tommy and, and the kind of the questions about Mayo and going back and delving through the heartbreak over years and years and years. Sorry, I, I wasn't doing I wasn't doing that no, there no, no, my no, question by 11 sorry, years. And in, I, in, in, in general, the reaction I feel is Mayo have lost another final. Jesus. 
all the I never said that once. We're not saying it's you, Tommy. I know, I'm in general. Listen, I know, There's I know. no getting away from the fact that that is a narrative out there at the minute. If you look at that game, quality-wise, yeah. technical quality, Mayo were completely outplayed in that regard as well. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it, and, and Tommy, just on it, you put up a clip last week from Donegal where we kicked the ball in and we lost it, and then they go up and scored a goal in 2012. You know? yeah. so, <laughs> there's always there's always been kicking, but the point I think the point is here that what you're told against Tyrone, the narrative is all week for two weeks was don't give the ball away, don't turn it up. That's what turns off the kick pass. That's well, I, yeah, I, I felt the narrative mind on the ball. Yeah, sorry, We're, sorry to co- come in, lads, but like I felt like. What I learned on the podcast last week or two weeks ago was that Kerry didn't kick the ball enough. Didn't kick the ball enough. That's, what, we, that's, that's what I felt like. That's what I'm getting at here. There's why, no why issue with Mayo? kicking the ball if you're kicking it in from 50, 60 yards out and you're kicking it into the full forward line and it's in around the square. Yeah. Like that, 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 Mayo never did that. Yeah. And I can that's see that. totally why it's like, be safe, mind the ball, but there's a mm. balance there. And what's an aggressive turnover and what's... I'm just going to, I'm not going to risk that. I'm going to give a five-yard hand pass. Like they do it once in the first half with Ryan O'Donoghue. Finds Aidan O'Shea. Mm. And that's a big chance. That's probably the only kick pass he gets. And to be fair, if he's not an inside forward, but if he's a bit more natural inside forward, he'll see McNamee is totally committed. It works out for McNamee. He gets the block. But like that's, how many times did that happen? Once, twice, the whole game. Do you know what I mean? So kicking the ball in the right areas is a way to hurt their own, but not needlessly kicking around the middle of the field and you turn the ball over on the halfway line. Then you're up, you're under serious pressure against their own. That's the, a bad area to lose it against them. Paddy, you said a wee while ago that Mayo's game and their style of play, it was the perfect team for Toronto to come up against in the sense that the way that they play and the, the positional mm-hmm. style they play. Is it not on Mayo then to change it up a bit? Like James Horn and just let me finish here. James Horn and Kieran McDonald are sitting in the stand and they're seeing what we saw two weeks ago. And yet Mayo kept running into traffic. It is, and that that's the challenge for coaches and the players. That what are those players really comfortable doing? That that is that's their A game. And certain teams are comfortable kicking the ball and they do that. Other teams are comfortable running the ball. You're trying to suit your players, but you've also got to have like the best teams are adaptable. That they'll see what's being, they'll see the challenge. And we always said this with our Dublin team that we'd have massive respect for the opposition that we play, that we'd prepare, we'd understand what are our opponent's strengths, and we'd adapt to that. Even though we had won three or four or five All Irelands in a row, it wasn't like, well, we're going to do our own thing and, and we don't care about the opposition. You have to respect the opposition and see, okay, what's their A game and how do we nullify that? I think Tyrone have done that in all of their games. And maybe you're, you're right, Tom, maybe it's easier for an underdog to do that because they feel they have to. Whereas with Mayo, their best game is, is carrying it. That's where they've had their most joy, that power game, the chaos game. I just think that that really suits Tyrone. Tyrone have the energy, they have the organisation, they have the players that they can naturally deal with that easily. I don't think Tyrone wants, I don't think Rona McNamee wants 20 balls raining down on him in the first half. And, and it's one-on-one in that space. He really, really. Right and left. Yeah, he definitely. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. So you're thinking, going, well, can Mayo not mix that up and add that variety to the game? But like I say, it never happened. There was no cohesion, I felt. Whatever about trying to have individual standout performance in the forwards, I don't think there was a good, 
cohesion up front. It didn't mm. feel like they worked any great scores. It was carry the ball up. This is our game plan. We've done it. It's got us to, got us to a final. We beat Dublin with it. But I always felt, and I said it, I did say this last week, I thought they would struggle up front if they were playing that way to get the scores against Tyrone. And that's the way, way it panned out. There wasn't any real variety in it. That's the challenge for James Horn. And you, you know what they do for a McDonald at number 11 there on Saturday. And he's hitting the outside of the left, 50-yard kick passes inside. That's for Mayo to get to the next level. You have to have different strings to your bow. And that's the point they're making about someone like Conor Moyler or Paula Campsey or these guys that, yeah, if we need to run the ball, we'll run it. We'll tackle you. We'll work our backsides off. But if it opens up, well, I'll, I'll just kick a 40, 50-yard kick pass in here. I'll swing one over with the outside of my right foot from 40 yards. Mm. That's top quality. The ability to play it X, Y, or Z, whatever's needed, and having the game smarts to do that. And I, I just felt Mayo just were beating the drum, very similar to what Kerry were doing. And Peter Keane was really challenged about this, lads, not having the game plan and not having the preparation to understand what was needed to be thrown. And I think probably... I think Mayor are going to be challenged on that as well. And you, you spoke there about Kennedy and Kilpatrick in particular, how much they impressed you. Is there anyone else that stood up on the big day for Tyrone that you'd like to talk about? Like Niall Morgan is somebody who had a massive game, um, especially commanding. Like there was that turnover he won, sorry, the long ball coming in that he, he played that unbelievable ball that led to the McCurry goal chance and he goes up and he nails the 45. Like apart from that ropey kick out at the start of the game, Morgan had a, a pretty <laughs> sensational day. Yeah, they started very nervously. Tyrone yeah. started the first three, four minutes. They were so nervous. Kennedy gets a yellow card. Morgan kicks the ball inside. Joe Miogo 2 0 up. And then just grinded them. They just grinded the game out and they just went. Morgan was sensational, lads. The, the, the one you're talking about where he like where he comes out and wins the ball on the 21 out ahead of people. That's sensational. If you're a full back, if you're a full forward there against him, you're thinking, where is this lunatic came from? Do you know, he just, yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> when's the, yeah, he hit you though. But then, I think he got me about 70 yards from goal. Before yeah. I, was it. I thought I'd be safe enough. He got you over by Quinn's. Yeah, I was halfway back to Castle Lock. Um, <laughs> he ran but, by but the, he if, ran if you by look me. at that, if you look at that point, Andy, sorry, on, yeah. on that, and I know we praise this this fella for his heroics in the semi-final. I'd have big question marks about McShane's goal from a defensive point of view for, for Mayo. Oshie Mullen loses McShane on the run, obviously. I don't like... like Rob Henley, I feel, should do a lot better there. I feel if you're coming for that ball, you come like Morgan came there, and you come out like an absolute train and you take the ball, the man, you take everyone, and you get up the pitch. Or if you're not coming for it, you stay in your line, and you're ready for a flick on. Getting caught, I, I thought, Oshin Mullen and Rob Henley were just, it's like they lost their bearings. Rob kind of comes halfway, gets caught. Oshin Mullen gets ca- caught with a backdoor cut from McShane. And like they say, we know McShane is making those runs. That That's, mm. a, like I say, a set play. And you're just thinking, there's big moments again where we said, Last week, if we're talking about picking all-stars, it's Henley or Morgan, whoever has a better final. And there's a guy, whereas Morgan is so definitive in what he's doing. He's coming out and he's taking the ball. And even though it's, it's higher risk, on the flip side, Robbie Henley for that goal, I'm thinking, do, if you're coming, be, go, for, go for it like Noel Morgan and clean everyone out. But McShane is not flicking that into the net. And it's just, there's another moment that goes against Mayo 
and they're, they're, the, they're the moments that they needed to go for them really to get over the line uh, yeah. as, as big as big as O'Donoghue's penalty miss off the post I felt that was equally as big a play that just did not go as Mayo's way and the guys I think the two guys will be disappointed with their role in that It 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 is such fine lines as well it did feel like Henley possibly there's a moment when the ball is in the air it feels like he's nearly watching it going what am I doing here and McShane doesn't even get the greatest of connections no, on it. It's just the, enough and you're flicking it blindly. He knows where he is, but he is flicking it blindly. Like, there is fine lines there. If Aidan O'Shea dummies and buries that goal chance, like, Niall Morgan was not in nets. It was nearly like the Cork goal, oh. the Kerry goal against Cork in 2008 when, when Cork had completely vacated the goals. It looked like O'Shea had a gaping goal from where I was sitting. It wasn't It wasn't as, as gaping as that. He was 20 yards out with an, an impossible finish if he had buried the first time. But, like, if that goes in, people are asking questions of Morgan. Henley made two brilliant saves. Like, he stopped Derek Canavan in the second half and a brilliant save from Darren McCurry. Yeah. Just a quick one, Paddy. Do you think McCurry should have flicked that up or you two boys with your soccer backgrounds were oh. you delighted that he got a good connection on it? Like I, we're think, saying, I think he should pick it. I think... Yeah. I thought if... if I couldn't believe he took it first time. It's so is he, is he going to be caught, though? If, if he goes down on that, is he going to be got... Well, you've just so yeah. many better, better opportunities, but yeah, no, I, yeah. I think you should. I, I like, I think you should pick it. I have to say, it's a good connection with it though as well. It's a great oh, yeah. save by Henley. To be fair, I thought he nicks it in inside yeah, the post. Yeah, out, he was watching Ronaldo yeah. earlier that day. He was he fancied it. But McCurdy yeah. likes a bit of soccer. Surely he has that look yeah. about him. Any boys in Old Trafford asking you about the podcast, Andy? No, or Paddy? A good few. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ronaldo was the main story and then the football pod was number two. A close did, second. Did you do the celebration? <laughs> did I? Mm. No, no. My back wouldn't hold up to that. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, but, maybe about five years ago I would have done it. Yeah, go, go, going through it though, if you, if you go through the team, Morgan excellent. Mm. Uh, three boys in the full back line, really, really good. Tom McMahon could have been done at times. Uh Don Aiden, like if he got more ball, could have done damage, but we never isolated him enough. McGeary quiet, Frank Burns excellent. Um, seven then was Sludden or whoever plays their heart to whoever played there. Two great uh, points, Sludden. Yeah, two great points. Sludden was very good. The midfielders, lads, getting to the midfield again, two six direct off them, like not assists, but like big plays within two six of the scores, you know, like the two goals for Kilpatrick, the first point that they get. Uh, where uh, McCurry kicks his first free when McGeary wins it um, flick down from Kennedy McGeary comes in takes it on like brilliant play like brilliant play um, one, like 1-3 one direct from the long kick out then you go into the forwards and we've mentioned Myler um, we've mentioned Myler O'Neill just does a great job for them I- uh, Can I just ask you about Myler one more time? I feel like in the Paddy Clifford uh, game, he nullified Clifford so well and it was such a selfish role. I think we saw much more of Myler the footballer. Like there was a lovely, I don't know if you saw that uh, clip I sent on, Morris Brosnan had broken down his game. But the kick passing, the the, the array of kick passing, the vision, the, as you said, Paddy, the adaptability to go for it, like. It was just brilliant. I thought he was. I thought he was exceptional. Yeah, I couldn't believe his pace, uh, Tommy. And that clip he sent through his speed was unbelievable. I I wouldn't have put that speed on him. But again, great credit to the management. They didn't have him running across the line. Didn't have him as a direct wing back. Put him on the danger man. Who do we need to stop? Paddy Durkin is the way we need to stop. How do you stop him? Yeah. You stop him from attacking, but then also you have to do damage on the ball. And he ended up doing both. Brilliant. Um, McKenna, we mentioned him. 
And then the boys inside, McCurry, Matty Donnelly was, wasn't his greatest game. But you go through the 15 and like their performances every single place. Like they, they genuinely did. And they, 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 essentially that's what wins in the All-Ireland Finals, you know. And even you mentioned one man off the bench, McDonnell. Like he had an unbelievable turnover as well. Um, but, you're, but you're on about your midfield, right? So McDonnell comes on for Kennedy, mm. right? The next kickout, it's not the, the, like the very next kickout, it's planned. Morgan buries it out to, out to the, in under the Cusick, I think it was, to the right of Morgan uh, from the camp. In under, McDonnell wins it, gets it on and moves it. And all of a sudden, you have new legs in, fresh legs with the keeper's going to hit straight away. Huge, huge turnover. The last few runs, you can just see him burying his run into the into the uh, fullback line, like, killing our midfielder, killing any um, momentum we might get off the midfield going forward. Really impressive role by him. Like Shane Canavan just looks deadly. Yeah, you know, they're going to be better next year. That's, they're that's, going to be better next year. I was going to ask you, Paddy. Like, if Tyrone have won for All Ireland in their history: oh three, oh five, oh eight, twenty twenty one. They've never done it back to back. Brian Doher nearly laughed at me when I asked him about it. He said, "Let me enjoy tonight." Like the moments, man. Connor McKenna, he's going to get better. Canavan, as Andy said, is deadly. We've only seen little bits of his potential. And Colin McShane has been rusty this year and he's somebody who's top scorer in the 2019 Championship. Like, are Tyrone able to get better from here? Like, would you would you look at them in January? If we're sitting down in January to look at the contenders, where would you have Tyrone? I would, like, there. And not, not only all of that, like, say, that those individual players have got to improve from it. That group and the experience of winning the honor, like, the, how they've progressed from the National League, obviously, the the shambles down in Clarney at the end of the spring to where they've got to now. They, I, I said this, they've improved with every single game. They're a smart team. They're able to adapt to well, what are the opposition doing? This is how we can try and nullify that. And like I say, they, they have match winners there as well. So uh, now they've got the confidence. They've beaten Kerry. They've won the All-Ireland. That's it. Their first All-Ireland for, for I think every one in that group. I don't think there was anything. Colin Cavanaugh was the last one from 08 that, that, that had a medal. So mm. there's massive, massive um, confidence that will come with that for them going into next year. And also, Logan and Dewar will have more and more time. This was a COVID-interrupted season again. Man. For new coaches to come in and get them to, to turn around, to win an All-Ireland like that, that is an exceptional job. So the coaches will learn a lot and be even better from it as well. They'll be in the mix without a shadow of a doubt. You look at... at Donegal have probably underperformed again and lost a big game. Declan Bonner's got another go at it there. Rory Gallagher will try and bring Derry on a little bit. Dublin, without a doubt, will be back. I, I, I think the break in a couple of months and, and certainly getting a bit of hunger. And then Kerry, Andy and Jenny being charged there. They're going to bring new ideas. <laughs> uh, but no, look, look, Kerry, in all seriousness, Kerry are going to be right in the mix as well. So it makes it really interesting, the progress that Toronto have made, because they were not in this conversation. Everyone, every single person in the country, and to be fair, neither were Mayo. It was Dublin and Kerry, possibly Donegal, and then Tyrone, Mayo, Galway, Monaghan in the, in the next bracket down. They've jumped the queue. And that's the, the progress they've made. And you're right, they will be better. They will be better. We'll be interested to see. I have to just give credit to Ashton O'Reilly, who works for Off the Ball. She definitely called Tyrone about uh, six weeks ago. I'll find out when the date was when she really? said Tyrone could win the All Ireland. Yeah, yeah. She'd seen them three or four times this year. So, but Tommy, just on that confidence part that uh, Paddy's on, but I was thinking yes. about today, and these boys have had bad days in Crow Park. 
It, it like so Darren McCurry had a chance to equalize the game against Mayo in 2016. Pulls it like a shot that he should never miss. Miss it, pulls it wide. And um, 2018 was a bad day for Tyrone in general. They, they, that team now with confidence, like as Paddy says, the confidence to go win an all Ireland, yeah. the pressure that that takes off you and just go and just play your game. Like they're going to, some of them guys are going to come back much, much better footballers, like for what they've done. They, like the confidence, Morgan is a new man, um, like has improved and matured and, really developed his game. I remember it commenting on when he caught the high ball against Monan and got it out yeah. for a, a wide ball and he punches the air like a hurler just after scoring a point. Like, like that meant a lot to him because th- that was the stuff he was getting criticised for previous. And then he does that and wins the turn on the game and move on. Now they've uh, Celtic crosses in their back pocket. Confidence they get, lads. It's going through the roof. Ashling called yeah. Tyrone for the All-Ireland on the 22nd of July, three days after the bet, uh, Donegal. It's not bad. A few Doesn't euros on that. Yeah, there you go. Jeez. So, just said I'd give that a little bit of credit. Um, how much credit needs to go to Mickey Hart? Andy, I know you mentioned him in your mirror column. Like, I'm thinking about the likes of Kennedy coming into the squads, McGeary being brought in. I know that they had played under Fergal Logan and Brian Duhern. They had won under 20 All-Irelands. But Mickey Hart did change things up towards the last couple of years of his reign. He was under pressure to do so. How much credit does he deserve for this? Because he was mentioned, obviously, Peter Hart was interviewed straight away afterwards. And naturally, Mickey was mentioned because he has so much to do with Toronto football going from where they were to where they are now with four All-Irelands in the last 20 years. Ah, yeah, but even when, when I was up there in 07 or 08, the, like, the structures they were putting in place, the, the, the development squads they had in play, like... There was a, a thing at a time that every player that came out of the development squads were nearly the same player. They were all this look away, dummy, hand pass. Everything was the same. The problem with them, that there was no kind of difference. But what Doer and the lads came in, they put a bit of steel into them. They changed it up slightly. Different kind of look and tactics. But in terms of the development of players and Tyrone football, club Tyrone, all them players that played under them, Massive, that's massive. Like, and he did, like, he deserves huge credit. I often say, like, playing county football is like a relay race. Like, you hand the baton over, and the next team come in and do it. Like, Kieran Whelan, players like that for Dublin. All them guys deserve huge credit. But Mickey Hart's longevity, what he built with club, club. I think it's called Club Tyrone. Mm. The the um, the centre of excellence. Where is it? Tervahi. Like they they had plans in place for that a long time ago. Long time ago, and he put all that in place. Like did he did he help out getting Carl McShane home from Carl McShane home from Australia? All that little bits that were put in place. Even what Dewar would have learnt off him, Fergal Logan would have learnt mm. off him, Pete Donnelly, Joe McMahon, the whole Joe, all them, all them guys, they all learnt and he deserves huge credit as well. What will this winter be like for Mayo? Because in 2020, you went home from that All-Ireland final against Dublin feeling like, right, it was a six-point defeat. But... Like the, what Dean Rock score goal was 13 seconds and it never really felt like Mayo were, had that game, you know, it never really felt like any of the years before in 17 or 16 or anything like that when, when you went toe-to-toe and we saw Tommy Connery come out of that winter bigger, stronger, faster. We've seen Ryan O'Donoghue develop. Oshie Mullen obviously had an incredible breakout year and he improved again this year. What's this winter like for Mayo? Because they've had another defeat. I, like, I heard somebody say, this is more like 04 and 06. I don't feel like it. Like 
I wasn't there. Andy, I'm not sure you feel like it was like that. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's very, very different than 04 and 06. It's still a very, very young team in a lot of ways. It's a very difficult question. <laughs> Being honest, Joe, I was thinking there while you were talking, I was like, please talk for another 30 seconds. But um, yeah, like you basically got two All-Ireland down in one season. That, that That's basically what's happened. It's only nine months since we lost the last one. Um, only Mayo could lose two All-Irelands in one Yeah, that's going to be cool. Isn't it? That's, be that's cool. all over Twitter tomorrow. But yeah, so like it's a very difficult one. Um the, the, the huge problem is is you have a style of play and we're talking three weeks ago yes me and Paddy are analysing and Paddy's on about not scoring enough and in fairness I give Paddy credit because he called the Dublin performance to a team but that Dublin didn't do their end of your bargain Paddy that yeah, 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 you, you, you called it to a team and now it's like we're now questioning do they need to kick the ball more? Do they need to do this more? What did they do? And there's a blueprint now set out by Tyrone to how to go and beat a Mayo and how to go and beat a Kerry. So do you have to change? Um, Lee Keegan isn't getting any younger, lads. He was, he, again, outstanding the last day. He, he did stuff in the last two games where I probably thought that had probably gone to yeah. um, But he, he resurrected himself again. and yeah, and to do that, and like Lee, like his personal life, he, he's a little girl, as he's seen, they've another baby on the way. Um, so th- that's huge in your own personal life. And then you have all the other fellas with kids. It's, it, I, I'm telling you, lads, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what is going to happen in the next three months. I, I don't know. Um, I genuinely don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Uh, James is a huge job. Um, He's a huge job in his hands, but I, I don't have the answer. I honestly don't, and I don't even know what to say to you, Tommy, to give you that. that but, I, 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 I think, to be honest, Tommy, it, it's the same. I, I think every county, and James, the horror is going to be no different. He's going to be looking to find, how can I get two or three new players in here? Like I said, there, there might be another couple of guys gone from the back end of the squad. Like I said, we have praised James Horan for the role that, that Mayo essentially in transition have made it back-to-back All-Ireland finals. And we haven't got over the line, but there's a lot of counties that would happily swap for, for that type of record when your yeah. team is in, you know, for want of a better word, transition and turning over some of their most iconic players that they've ever had. So what he's looking to do going away now, he's looking to try and find a couple of new players. He's the same. I would say that every team that I think Desi Farrell is going to be looking for with Dublin, uh, whoever's in charge of Kerry, whoever's in charge of Cork, Paul Joyce with Galway, you're looking to evolve your game and get a little bit better because ultimately all of those teams are looking, I know Dublin, I know Kerry, even though Mayo are, like, are in transition, they're all going to be disappointed with how this season ended out. So I find the coach, how can I get two or three new guys? Mayo, no doubt, are looking for, can we get another forward in there? Killing O'Connor will be back next year, please God. Um, I think there's they want to find a role, a definitive role for for Aidan O'Shea. If he's, he's still a kind of a, a massive player for them, and they're not getting the best out of him in big games, now I think that's dual. I think that's Aidan himself will need will need to look at that, and I'm sure uh, James Horner as a coach will need to look at that. But that's they'll be disappointed. But they've been here before. They need to find a couple of new players. Can we evolve our game plan to start? Yep. Yeah. Okay, we're really really good at running the ball can we start in our first three or four National League games next year to back up in the Division 1 
can we start getting a game plan where we can start troubling teams in a way more direct fashion and add that strength to our goal? But there's loads of counties, like say your Galways, your Dublins, your Kerrys, we're all looking to get. It's an interesting National League next year. It's back yeah. to back to normal. And there's teams that will definitely feel they've underperformed this summer and they're going to be looking to put things right uh, next spring. Paddy, um, Darren McCurry won man the match and afterwards he was asked a question and, I, and when I heard the quotes, I wrote it, wrote it down that I wanted to ask you this. McCurry said, when I left the panel in 2018, I just had to get back myself back to my best, back to Dazzler. <laughs> and I wonder, and it's kind of to do with the winter question I asked Andy there about what can Mayo do and on an individual level, what can the players do? When you were told in 2011 that you were being dropped from the Dublin panel, how did you, and I presume it was a long process and it may have taken a while, but how did you move on from that and come back a better player? It, it was, it's a hard thing. And, and Darren McCurry is obviously a massive example of someone getting to the very top of the game, but lots of players have been dropped off county teams and, and, it, and our club teams and it doesn't work out as much. You might just turn around and say, particularly for older guys um, later on in their careers, they might say, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. And they go away, and that's a fine. That's a totally personal decision. They say, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do the whatever I'm being asked to do by the coaches." But there are, there are cases where guys turn around and say, "I, I have belief in my ability. I know I'm a good player. I know I'm good enough to play at this level." Because you, you, you start doubting everything, Tom. You're, you're doubting. Geez, the coaches are right. It's never personal. The coaches, are, and it was, it was Pat for me. You know, it was Mickey Hart for, for Darren McCurry. It's never personal. It's just that their opinion on it. And it can go either way, but I myself, the same as listening to, to Darren McCurry, I had a little shuffle when I heard it. That was my attitude. I needed to go away and prove to them. I thought I was good enough. So I went back at my club, but we, we had a great autumn. That year we won the Dublin Club Championship and I played well. And just kind of, I had to look in the mirror myself as well. And I'm sure Darren McCurry would say that. He's not sitting there going, I will tell Mickey Hart's fault that I didn't play in 2018. I'm sure they're, they're maybe a couple of points they did, mightn't have agreed on totally but Darren McCurry there's no doubt has gone away and worked on his own game as well and I was in a very similar situation you got to look in the mirror first there's no point pointing the finger at someone else until you have your house in order and his the accuracy with his shooting his work rate his, his sharpness on the ball that's why I felt O'Hara probably wasn't the most suited to him I, I just felt he was too sharp for him and he's improved immensely and when you do that and you put in the work and then all of a sudden the coach comes in and I, I was lucky Jim Gavin came in for me a year later and backed me as well very similar to what's happened with McCurry who didn't have a year like him now to be honest but uh, but it was it's a great story and you love to see things like that and it's a guy playing to his potential and once you have confidence and you can see the coaches have given him confidence but there's no doubt the work he's done has given up confidence he knows he can kick these scores and that's hours and hours and weeks and weeks of practice uh, up in Garvahi or wherever he's doing his kicking and his skills work. That's how you, you you become the best version of yourself. And there's no doubt about it. Look, he's a nailed on all-star. He's probably in the mix for player of the year as well. And that's a vindication, I'm sure, of, of his journey back from, from probably never playing inter-county football again only three years ago. And Paddy, if a mic was stuck under your nose at the end of the 2013 All-Ireland final, would you have turned around and said, listen, I had to go away and I had to go and find the wolf? Oh, yeah. I have the opposite. I had to lose the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> 
The wolf was the one that was getting me in trouble. <laughs> so, Sorry, I Andy, I interrupted it. I was absent to the dazzler in that regard now, yeah. <laughs> that, that was worth it, that was worth it. But I remember being up in... Uh, Joe, I remember Pete Donnelly telling me stories years ago about uh, McCurry, just pitch, boom, boom, boom. Bag of balls coming in. I think at the time he was working with his dad on a building site or something, just straight into bag of balls in the back of the van and just in, into the park every every night, kicking, kicking, kicking. And, Love that. You know, and that's... That, sometimes there's no real secrets to this, you know. It's um, And him going away and saying... I needed to find a bit of Dazzler. I, I, I think as every inside forward, I think we know what he means, Paddy. You need to be able yeah. to play with a bit of looseness and a bit of freedom. And yeah. he played with, like, like even the freeze that he scored, he he won us two frees. Like, yeah. he, yeah. he won two important frees for himself. Um, scored, like, I didn't think it was actually that good until I watched it back on the telly. He was excellent. Even, like, he was sharp. He was yeah. very sharp. For the McShane goal, he wins the ball out in front of Lee. And he puts somebody yeah. through. Do you know what I'm saying? He, like he wins yeah. one out in the 45. That takes Lee Keegan out of that zone. Boom. Joe, it's very important. I always felt that, um, and it was off the back of an interview. I think he had done the interview somewhere else. And I can't I can't find the original quote, but I remember getting him on off the ball when Colin McShane was convinced to stay home by Mickey Hardy. Come on in 2020. And Jer asked him about a quote he had put in about practicing and getting better at shooting. When... Colin McShane was under 21. He was a midfielder. He was a runner. He was nearly a bit of a dog of a midfielder. And Mickey Hart made a decision. Like, he was obviously very talented. He was thrown in at a very young age into inter-county football. He had a tough time in 2016. He was probably one of the first man pulled off. Um, 2017 then, I think Hart tried him once or twice in the full forward line. Didn't necessarily work. 2018, he didn't really go for it. And then in 2019, were you playing that day against... That was hardly that day. No, it wasn't that day, Paddy. But were you playing that day in 2019 where McShane ripped it up against Dublin in the league in full forward? Um, it was, yeah. That was the day we got a bang, yeah. That was the day you got a bang in 2019? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, that was the first day Matt Shane really set the tone as a, an interview. Him and Matty Donnelly, yeah, were very good, yeah. And he obviously um, went on and become top scorer in the championship that year with 354. But Colin McShane spoke about going away and getting his shooting averages up from whatever it was, 55, 60%, up to 70, 80%. And the, just the practice and the sheer yeah. monotony of the practice that he did. It just proves it is that simple. It can be done. And like, that's no, a man no, who causes no terror. He causes terror when he's in there, in that full forward line. Even when he's on, he's, what's he operating at? He looks like he's operating at 70% at the minute. Um, mm. So yeah, I suppose... But, I suppose but he, he should have scored one two the last time, Tommy. He misses the easy free. Yeah. Looks over the post. And then the, uh, it's funny when you're, when, when the Hawkeye comes up as a fan, you're praying, you're like, Neil, Neil, it's bad, isn't it? Like, you probably had a good view of that in the Hogan. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I had a good view. And you knew it was tight because the, the, all the Tyrone boys were up behind the hill goals and they were kind of waving yeah. the flags and kind of thinking, but, but he should get, like, if he's sharper, he's a mark, he's a simple mark to catch. Yeah. And he lets it fall yeah. and then he hand passes away to Oshin Mullen. So a bit more sharpness. He gets one two there, has another outrageous performance. And uh yeah, but it, it, Tommy, it's like deliberate practice is is what it's key to. And like we were always told as young fellas, it's kicking, kicking, kicking. It's not. It's thinking about what you're kicking, how you're kicking the ball, how good you're doing it, and away you go. And when you get older in it, you might kick 20 balls, but you might put the thought of a hundred into them. Joe, you're not yeah. just bringing out 10 balls, kicking them, kicking. You're kicking 20 and you're thinking, Joe, I've... Scenarios, like different scenarios, yeah. different areas on the pitch. Yeah. This is where you're at. Different movements going into kick. 
Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's not like underplay, but it's, it's looking back, it's so obvious. That's, that's what you have to do to be the best player you can be. And the sooner you figure that out as young players, the what a lesson it is to learn and going away. And that's your coaches, that's your older teammates, you're hoping they bring you along and you, the penny drops here sooner rather than later. But of course it is. So you're kicking those scores, it's not easy, but practice, 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 practice. I presume when you get a sniff of goal in Crow Park, Andy, um, and you've buried a couple in Crow Park, you nearly have to be the shot has to be taken on an instinctive level. Like, there's no waiting. It just felt like there was a couple of chances there that Mayo had and there was nearly a bit too much, nearly a little lax taken or maybe a bit too much thought put into it. Am I, am I, is that a bit unfair? Like, I'm thinking of the Loftus chance, even yeah, Brian Walsh. I think Loftus should have picked the ball up. I think Connor should have picked it up as well. I think he should have bent and just picked it, just rolled it into the net. I think it would have been an easy chance. Do you know what those ones, Andy, for him? And this is why he's back to my old penalty miss of my four rebounds against David Clark. I think he just sees the goal as open. Yeah. He, he just has to make any contact. Yeah. And it's a goal. Because I, I know that was in my head. It was like literally just get anything on this and it's a goal. And to be fair to Sludden, he comes out of nowhere and you're just thinking, that was kind of the, summed up what would go on to be Conor Loftus's day. But I, I think that's why he just says the goal is gaping there and just get anything on this and it's going to roll in. And and obviously it didn't. Yeah, and it did. Like With goal chances, to me, and I think we talked about it, neither me or Paddy, is it fair to say, Paddy, we were never instinctive finishers. Like, like I no. was never an instinctive goal finisher. So, like, you're on a, I had to visualise, practice, do everything in my power to see could I get close to goal. Um, like I missed one in 2015 against Dublin when I came on. Um, oh, is that the one that they were in the semi-final where Cluxon saves it at the near post? Yeah, and I, I remember thinking about that, just just thinking about that all winter, thinking, how do I improve that? Do you know, I, I was, it was the first time I was fit in ages and there was the, that winter I, I, I could go away and actually get to the pitch and do... So I was just putting balls into the net, left, right. But it had to be like that for me, where other people are more instinctive in it. They, they, mm. they just have that killer instinct. I think we went through it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I, never, I never had that for goals. So everything for me was, I had to visualise it, practice it, have it in my head that I wanted to score a goal, everything. Do you know? Well, the one in 13 was pretty instinctive, I would have argued. Like you didn't have much time to think about that one. You slotted it by clocks. Ah, yeah, but I thought about it for about a thousand hours before I went to the game. Okay. <laughs> you man, you man, you man. made it look easy. Yeah, no, I was, I was lying in the bed. I was, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking how am I going to do yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was, I was thinking if Cluxton comes out of me, I'm, I'm going to take it around him. So I had that goal scored a thousand yeah. times before I went into the match, you know? Yeah, and you spoke about it before, actually, all the, the build-up to that that year, how much visualisation worked for you that you a couple of weeks ago. Well, we I couldn't run, so I had to do something, yeah. Well, I thought there was Tricks a very, the trade. A very, <laughs> a very interesting um, graphic put up by Colin Trainer. I think he's involved with the Armagh, GA um, SAS team and it was Mayo's shot map and it felt like it felt like in the second half they had shot from ridiculous angles uh, maybe maybe some of Loftus's were maybe Cohen's were maybe Flynn's were just taking snapshots but they were maybe shot under duress as well like was the shot selection just off Paddy? I thought the players that were taking them, that was Killian O'Connor taking those shots. I think he has the competency to, to nail them. Like, so they're not on the, the sideline, but in terms of the range of where they're kicking from, and this is why we're praising 
Ampsy and McGeary for kicking these long range points. They've kicked them in every game this summer nearly. Yeah. Whereas one, I think they're right on the range for those particular players. I think they'd have been massive scores if they go over. I don't think they're they're eight out of ten shots for them. Also the fact that they're pressurized, that that Tyrone are you know, they haven't worked that's what I'm talking about, the cohesion or the forward play. They haven't worked the ball into that position with a really slick move. But they feel like they're snapshots, that they're nearly there's nothing else on. Like Jordan Flynn's one in particular was 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 look it was a bad one. Um Brian Waltz's one, it, it comes across and he just snatches at it completely. He's just like nearly like Loftus is one in the first half. I'm so close to goal. Just smash this and I will get yeah. a point out of it at least where you're thinking possibly, is there reaction to that? Horan's reaction, reaction to that. I didn't see it. Oh, like I, I immediately looked straight down. He had the hands and the heads. I, I don't know if he was doing it for every miss, but he certainly did it for that Brian Walsh miss. That felt like a big one. It, just in that moment. But, but that's what I mean. Tyrone's first I score that second probably... half was a goal. Their first score was a goal. Yeah. The first, Tyrone's first point in the second half was 63 minutes, Peter Hart. So, they were like, at that stage... With, Mayo had every chance. With the, no, the Mayo, shot... You're talking about being the, the clinical, clinical, and that's where we said it, to be fair, and I harp and on, but... Like I remember the 16 final and the drawn match, I think it was seven minutes into injury time, Mayo get the ball to Aidan O'Shea. We looked at, or not to, to Killen O'Connor, sorry, he nails a kick from those exact areas, just on the outside the D, about 40 yards out. We look at Conor McManus against Galway in that National League and they get the ball to him. They get the ball to Jack McCarran. You want your, your key shooters on the ball in the clutch moments and, and, to be honest, Mayo don't didn't really have a clutch shooter, but they definitely wasn't Jordan Flynn or, or Connor Loftus the way it was going for them. Um, and that's what I mean. If those scores go over, they're they're unbelievable scores for those players. Whereas it just felt forced. It felt like they were snapshots. And with each miss, you can I can I can imagine James Horn's reaction. Another one goes wide. You're just thinking, we we've been down this road before, and that's the that's the disappointing thing. For yeah, but Paddy, just like it was very similar to last year's final, and um, mm. we're we, we we only scored a point, I think, from the 55th minute on. And remember yeah. the amount of shots we had, I, I think Darren, Darren Cohen has a couple, yeah, yeah, Darren, he's Darren, another one on, on, on Saturday again. There, like, Darren Cohen and James oh. Carr comes on, um, yeah. and just forced it to bit. But the the every score, uh, Tommy, it's hard to explain in an all Ireland final in the second half is premium, it's premium because. You're getting tired. The teams are getting tired. You're, it, uh, you don't want to give the ball away. You most certainly don't want to drop it short. Like they're just at premium. And what Dublin had for years was Paddy, maybe Jeremy Connolly, Kevin Mack, Cormac Costello. These guys were just coming in, and they were even they were the guys taking the shots or winning the freeze or you know, getting Dean Rock into good positions to kick it. And if you were going to look, who had them guys the last day? Tyrone had them and Tyrone kicked their first point even at that like Peter Hart jumps up catches the ball you're just going brilliant Mark smash him like, he cannot catch the ball in that situation he has to be smashed but fatigue is kicking in he kicks the mark right man in the right position big play kicks it over the bar and then they score three points then after that in, in, in between the 63rd and the end of the game so that was a huge a huge mark and the other two that were scored two out of the other three that were scored or the next three that were scored were two hand passes over the bar yeah, and a free from Morgan. So it just shows how hard it is to get a score in the moments. 
you know? So, like, what did they score? They scored 2 4 in the second half, Tyrone did. The two goals were palms into the net, weren't they? Two, yeah. two uh, yeah. yeah, flicking a palm, yeah, yeah. Flicking a palm, right? Two hand passes over the bar and a free. Don't, don't, there was and kind a mark. Like, there was, like, it was, there was, was very little. Joe, that's the margins, Tommy. And these margins, I don't think we've been good going down the stretch of all our finals. Last year, this year, I don't think we were. And, and that, that kind of, that, that's kind of cost us. You're listening to episode 19 of the Football Pod of Paddy and Andy. It, does, it feels a bit weird to say we're 19 episodes in, lads. Um, but we are, and that's where we got to. We, we got to the end of the summer. Um, next week, I had asked Paddy to do his homework a few weeks ago, and he didn't do it, so we had to kick it back. So we're picking our all-star team. <laughs> I have a week off of homework now. I'm going on holidays, isn't it? Where, are you going on holidays again? Fair, fair play. Um, so we, uh, we're next week, we're picking our all-star team. So um, we have a question in on whether or not Potty Clifford should get an All-Star. So uh, you might answer that for us next week when you pick your teams. Um, we do have a couple of questions in about Lee Keegan, Andy, and I, I might throw them at once to you. Um, Joe wants to know, should Mayo deploy Lee Keegan in the forwards next year? And who asked the second one here? Uh you can answer that one first. Oh, yeah. A.D. Fry wants to know, is Lee Keegan the best player to never win Sam? Ah, he does it. Does not, more players don't. Like, it's amazing because it's more, <laughs> more players in Ireland don't win Sam than they actually do. You have Dublin's and Kerry's and these guys to come around winning six and eight on Ireland's like, Joe, that's a generation of footballers. So, listen, there's been many great players that didn't win Sam. Is he the best new player that's ever played the game? In my opinion, he is. Um, particularly the people I've played with. Um, so is he the best Mayo player in my opinion that hasn't won Sam I can answer that yes you look at the Conor McManus of this world the Johnny Doyle's of Kildare of this world the Kieran Whelan's of this world there's been outstanding the Shane Walsh's of this world playing for Galway there's been many outstanding players that have won it more players don't win it but listen for Mayo he's been the best player I've said it many times he is or, or the guy that marks the danger man, the guys that scores in all Ireland finals, the guys that, that set the tempo at training, really, really strong, good teammate. He's the best player that ever played for us, in my opinion. And so that means he's probably the best Mayo player that has won it. That's fair, and it's a good answer. And uh, should they play him in the forwards next year? If he's still there? Absolutely no way. He is, uh, we, we, we played him there, actually. We played him there in 2017 against Kerry. Played him at centre forward, he marked Paul Murphy because Aiden had to go back to oh, full yeah. back. And uh, it was actually very quiet, but he did the job on Murphy as well. Um, but it, it doesn't suit him. He needs green grass in front of him and go running into yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so as well. Uh, Paddy, Ben wants to know what did Kieran McGeary do differently this year that transformed him into a likely player of the year? It's not an easy question, but you might have something for us. No, I, I, like I say, I. I I, I think you've got to praise Logan and Dewar for understanding this. And I'd put Connor Moyler into this bracket as well. I'd put yeah. Miles Ludden into this bracket as well. They identified what are our players most comfortable doing? What are they really, really good at? They have brilliant athleticism. They're really comfortable on the ball. They can run for li- literally for, for 80 minutes straight. Let's use these guys. Let's not have Connor Moyler playing wing forward as a traditional wing forward trying to catch kickouts and kick scores. That's not his game. And the same with McGeary. We want you as our playmaker. It wasn't traditionally Peter Hart for, for many, many years. They let Peter Hart go a little bit further up the pitch. 
and McGeary was the guy that was transitioning the ball up the pitch to him. And he's just a really, really smart player. He doesn't give the ball away really much at all. Has 30 odd possessions a game and will chip in with two or three points. It's the understanding of what the coaches, coaches understanding him, what he's really good at, and him having a total understanding of what the coaches are looking for him to do. Not trying to reinvent the wheel, not asking him to do things he's not good at. Um, and he's got that confidence in his play. I thought he was brilliant. A little bit quiet on Saturday, but he will be in the he'll absolutely be in the mix for his Donegal and Kerry performances for um, and the Monaghan game, the Ulster final for for player of the year. Yeah. Um, Paul wants to know Paddy's thoughts on Ronaldo. He's a great bit of stuff, lads. <laughs> what an atmosphere. <laughs> What an atmosphere. It was the first full house I'd been to in since I don't know when. 75,000 over there. Andy, I'd say me and you would do more running than him these days. But he's the fox in the box. What a man. <laughs> the place was going wild. I've, honest to God, I've been to Old Trafford a few times. I've never seen an atmosphere like it there. Uh, the, the whole place was buzzing from early morning all around the city and going into the, into the game. His box office, isn't he? Oh, Class. It's great for the Premier League, isn't it? Ah, it's, everyone, everyone was mad to see it. So, 36 days. There's hope for all of us here, lads. Yeah, we might uh, we might be transforming the football pod into that over the next few, few months. Yeah, in the off-season, yeah. We'll, do, we'll put a camera on uh, Andrews the next time he goes to Old Trafford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Don- maybe not. Jonathan Moffat uh, said, I hope Paddy enjoyed Old Trafford, Viva Ronaldo. Uh, that's the last Ronaldo question we'll have. Dahi wants to know what was the most consecutive days Andy's went on the beer after losing an All-Ireland final? Oh, geez, no, at 4 no, at 6 There was a bit of wolf in me myself, to be honest. Uh, oh! It was... Uh, <laughs> no, no, did you, like, a week? Would you do a full week? Oh, no. Sorry, no I'd be... Um, I'd probably go back training with the club to, at the, end, the tail end of the week. After it, you'd be like if you if you lost all earnings, particularly in North Four North Six, you would be the third week of September. So your yeah. championship would be literally starting. So you'd you'd have to be back. So probably three four days. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Actually, you didn't work Mondays and Fridays back then, did you? Either I you were still in college. Was you still in Jordanstown? Student. Then, right? Paddy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll flip that one for you. What was the most consecutive days you went on the beer after winning an All Ireland? Oh, jeez. Uh, first one, 13. So you were only a young gun then as well. For a week. So the following Saturday, anyway. Yeah. Was that six days you would have done? Lads, I could hardly do six hours at this age. But uh, when you're young at heart and you win your first one, uh, you always ha- it's a good week, lads. It's a, it's a great week. Ronan Hurricane wants to know will this result mean a return to defensive football the template I'd say that's Ronan of set by beating Kerry and Mayo but what was defensive about us I know Ronan yeah, there's nothing defensive about that football like if you if you think about it what, what are Tyrone doing well I, they're not playing their sweeper anymore it's more half it's more half a the drop Burns will cover, yeah. Release, release Burns to pick out probably the weakest forward of the of the of the team that's not going to do the, the least amount of damage. Sits one in on him and the drop Burns back in between the lines. Now he's not always there, and he's there to pick up the runners coming through the middle. They play mm. with McCurry up top, they play with McKenna up top, and then they play with the four special players that Sloden, the the Hearts, the McGeary. I, th- I think that's the big change with it. the defensive football and blanket defenses. That that's kind of. A negative connotation here. The, 
Defensive systems have moved on from that where it's just get guys back in, don't worry about the transition, just sprint back and get 15 guys to sit there. The game has moved on from that. And, and if you look at even us, Dublin at our best, there were times where we would have 15 guys inside our own half because we have to work back, track our runners, particularly with playing Mayo, and then you attack up the pitch together as well. So it, it's not it's not defensive football. It's not. It's the evolution of, of where modern Gaelic football is at, the athleticism that's there. You've got to work hard. You've got to be able to get up and down the pitch. So, yes, there's going to be times when Tyrone will have, and this is if, if like I say, transition is slow from the opposition. They might have 12 or 13 guys inside their 45, but when they get the ball, they're flying up the pitch as well. So I don't think it's defensive. and uh, Definitely not in the traditional sense that that, that would have been used maybe as a negative term to to, to, to kind of beat them with in the past. But uh, and Tyrone are, what Tyrone are trying to do, they're, because the cute, smart players they have, they're trying to set traps. It's actually not, to, they're trying to set traps mm. everywhere. So they're trying to let, move the Put piece. Put you down certain lanes. Yeah, and stuff. the chess piece around the place and they're trying to set a little trap going forward. And it's it's very like, some of the point taking that in the first half yesterday was of the of the highest, of the highest level, you know. Now, McGeary's point was exceptional. Oh, Sludden's Oh, serious score. Even the one that McCurry kicked from McKenna's assist from the kickout. Unbelievable score. Do you know? We have three or four questions in, lads, about the social media abuse that's been directed at players. Aidan O'Shea is naturally one player who seems to always be um, find abuse directed at him. And a lot of the time, personally, I feel it's, it's quite unfair. Um... He was definitely picked out after this game. Um, Andy, I know you, the headline of your piece certainly was that Aidan O'Shea gets unfairly picked out after these defeats. On a personal level, have you ever experienced abuse after a match? Oh, I have, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, you, you've got to, t- like, listen, we're amateur sports people it shouldn't be happening it's nonsense but but in, in the world we're living in I think you're going to get it you, you are going to get yes. it and, and that's it and it's it, it's vitriol and you have to kind of take the good with the bad if you're willing to take the slap on the back you're going to get the kick in the arse as well Aiden's thing is different though Aiden's thing is different because where me and Paddy would get it we might get a bit of abuse and Andy's used to yeah. like Aiden's yeah. stuff, the, the stuff that comes in Aiden is personal and that's the stuff I don't like. It's it, it's nonsense. Um, it, like, Aiden knows that, he, 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 that there's a tension on him. So he, he, he accepts a certain level of it. And I think as we all people, we accept a certain level of the abuse or the attention that he gets, not the abuse that he gets. But then when it goes into nonsense stuff where people are saying he should be taken off and it, all this, like, that's nonsense. Like, it, like what, in what justification in my opinion, would you have taken Aidan O'Shea off the last day? None. Like, there was probably five players or maybe six players to go before you'd even be thinking about taking Aidan O'Shea off the So that, that sort of stuff gets to me a tiny bit. Um, he's a big boy. He's well able for it. But it's, uh, it gets to the point where you have to... Like, what I can't understand is the people that get paid to do a job the journalists or the people that write in the paper are allowed a free shot at an amateur sportsman. 
that doesn't sit well with me. How how do you get that? And the person that's that you're given the free shot to has no right to reply. Like, how in this modern world that we live in is that a fair thing for any newspaper article or TV to, to set out? I, I can't see that. And I hope we've always kind of rose above it because we can talk about the game and we actually like yeah. studying the game and looking at the game. For me, if you're doing that, you're lazy. You're just saying, what do I get a headline for? What do I get clickbait for? And you just put it out. Yeah, Paddy, I think you said earlier on that both James Horn and Aidan O'Shea have to go away from this, taking the game on his merits. James Horn has to look at how he can get the best out of Aidan O'Shea. And Aidan O'Shea possibly has to look at how he can get the best out of himself. Oh, which I think, I, I wouldn't direct that just at Aidan O'Shea. I think I'll, look, we're, we're talking about McCurry doing it, we're talking about McShane going away and doing it. That's just part of being an elite sportsman. If you want to maximise your potential, if you want to be the best player you can be, you've got to try and improve all the time for players, for coaches. I wholly agree with what Andy's saying. People coming on social media who abusing players for whether they perform badly or not, the work that they put in behind the scenes to go out and represent not just their Mayo, I'm talking every county. We've seen huge reaction to this with, with soccer players during the summer with England for GAA players here in Ireland to be getting abused on Twitter is beyond unacceptable. I don't, I don't care if you've played the game yourself or you're at a high level or you're a journalist or whoever or you're a supporter, cop on. Honestly, because it's... Like a lot to get me riled up now, but when you see stuff like that and I'm talking about any player from any county getting abuse over that, me and Andy have been fortunate enough to represent our county and see the, the sacrifice and the work that goes into it. You've seen the sacrifice your family makes, your teammates, your coaches, your clubs, and for some Muppet to come on and do that and um, be abusing you. Why you do it, I don't know. It's, it probably says more about the person sending those messages than it does about the recipient. But uh, not acceptable. And I really hope there's a bit of cop on with this. And, you know, it just needs to come to, come to an end, yeah? Yeah, I think that's fair, lads. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. And... Uh... Andy, I think you you were quite clear there in the sense that it's not just social media that it's coming from. Uh, it's obviously coming from other areas as well. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, lads, from the 2021 All-Ireland Final? Paddy, you came on here, is it three or four weeks ago? Jesus, I think it took you three podcasts to recover from, from Dublin's defeat. I think last week we saw Paddy back <laughs> to his best. Andy was carrying carrying the podcast, I think, for about two weeks there after Dublin were beaten. <laughs> Well, any, any advice geez, for Andy? It's a bit harsh. Is this, any, more, this is me getting personal abuse now. Jesus Christ. Aye, but you're getting paid. You're getting paid. You're, you're for, 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 for Andy. I don't know. It's like the disappointment there. I was I was good at because I think Andy's probably he's a year further out than me. You still feel so close to the team and to, to the lads and to see your, your teammates losing after the run we've been on. It was devastating for for all, all supporters of Dublin that, that that a great run finally came to an end but look you, you just ultimately part of the greatness of, of that team and the players is their character that, that they'll bounce back and look you've been saying this about Mayo for, for how many years that they've lost massive games and you're thinking geez, will they get back there again I'm even saying it tonight I think they're, they're going to be facing uphill tasks to try and get back in the mix for next year but they've proven so many people wrong to, to keep getting back to the top table. Andy knows those players as, as well as anyone else. 
Yeah, it's tough when your team loses a big game, but sure, that's that's sport. The beauty of it is that there, there's always next year, there's always a the next game, and and that's why already you're looking at what how the national league is going to pan out with new managers, with new players. Exciting times ahead, new new stories, and I think that the, the championship was kind of relieved that we have got some of those stories because, like I say, it started out two or three months ago, and you're thinking. This is not great stuff. We're hoping for big storylines. And, and geez, I think we, we've definitely got them over the last four or five weeks. We had a question in as well of whether Mayo were further than ever away from winning the All-Ireland after the weekend. <laughs> Don't ask Andy that tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually not going I'm, I'm to ask Andy that question. But <laughs> what I was going to say is that the way that the, the championship is set up, Mayo have the Connick Championship next year and... Mayo have traditionally over the last decade dominated there and you're into an All-Ireland semi-final then. Tyrone will have to go through Ulster as always. So like, unless the championships are restructured, um, which I don't know what way it's going to happen. Special Congress has obviously been pushed back to October. Uh, They absolutely have a huge chance to get back to that position once more. And they do. And like, I think it's a fair question if I'm being honest with you because I was going over the... to Casimir this morning, we drive through Mayo to, to get to Casimir, to get 35 minutes through and all the signs are up and all the flags and it's amazing. Like, like I did say to Jenny, I, I, like I, I said to her, I just go, I go, um, I, I just go, you don't know when this is going to happen again because we kind of take it for granted now because we've been on such a run of getting to finals and you take it for granted and you don't know when that you're going to... F- like, I'll tell you, lads, genuinely, for 10 days coming into the final, I actually really enjoyed it as a fan. You know, as a fan, like, like not as a, as a... But I did, and I know you've probably seen that last week, but, but I did, and it was... And we definitely took it for granted. I remember saying when we met Dublin, people were coming into the gym the week after, the day after, and they were saying, oh, will we win it? And I said, will you stop reading about will we win it? Just enjoy the game that we're just after winning because it was such a special moment in, in Crow Park that night. It was one of the coolest moments I've ever had in there and I wasn't even playing. Um, and then we go yesterday. So you, I, I do think you have to be respectful of an All-Ireland final. They're hard places to get to. Quarterfinals or Super 8s coming back in next week, next year, makes it more difficult to get there. And you just don't know. And are we further away than we ever were before? Um, we're like 31 other counties if you put Tyrone in it we're just go back in that as well there's 32 counties going out again next year and you just you start again and you move on so that, that's that's where we're at and picking up from that Andy Kerry GA have just tweeted a statement at 9.15 this evening and the Kerry GA statement is the process of appointing the next Kerry senior football manager has commenced the Kerry GA Management Committee has appointed the following subcommittee who will revert with a recommendation at the earliest opportunity. That's Tim Murphy, the chairperson, Eamon Whelan, the vice chairperson, Peter Twist, the secretary, John O'Leary, the Munster Council delegate, Donald Daly, the Kerry Games manager. No further comment will be made until that this process has concluded. A 64-word statement. No word of a thanks for Peter Keane and his management team over the last few years, but I suppose... Peter Keane can reapply again. But as of tonight, Peter Keane is no longer the Kerry football manager and they're on the lookout for the next management team. 
There's nothing else in that statement. Are they looking at whiffs? You're, you're, you're killing me. You're killing me. Jeez, that's huge, lads, isn't it? It's um... more than you're some man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Poor LP or Keith. No, but I, I, I did Where are you? Are you going to move down to Killarney or are you going to do a <laughs> castle bar or what? Oh, you're a bad joke. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing how quick it moves, isn't it? It's um, Joe, only. That's a quick word now, yeah. Yeah, only. Like, and, like, is it, it, like, is it going to be Jack O'Connor? Is it. Um, that's a it, huge one, do you know? It's the smartest. Do you know what, mix. lads? Do you know what, lads? It, didn't it seem like. The die was cast, really. It seemed inevitable, didn't it? Really. Just, just the reaction to that defeat. Um, actually, how, how poorly it went for them last year. The Cork game. You always felt that after that Cork game, there was massive pressure on them mm. to deliver in All-Ireland this year. And and once they came up short, particularly, like say, Dublin seemed to drift back a bit. They were beaten. It all seemed to point to, to a carry All-Ireland. And once they didn't get the job done... You just got the sense straight away that the, the narrative around the kick did the gear that he, that he was going to be under pressure. Um, I'm sure he's disappointed. I'm sure he's good at um, for him and his family. Um, to, you know, to, to try and, and, and bring an All Ireland back to Kerry, they just come up short. So, look, there's going to be a couple of guys. There's obviously a few people who have already kind of thrown their name in the hat. Is Johnny and them guys going to go for it? Do you think? Like, I, I, I just think with what Jack O'Connor's done, it's a done deal. Do you I would have thought. Yeah. But is, that not, is that not 50 years gone from Kildare. But I, I think, why is he leaving Kildare unless he's getting assurances that... Like, he was on staying on with Kildare. Nailed it. That, he was definitely staying on. He had decided that, to stay that on. That yeah. result happened, and then it's like, right, I'm out. You've got to think he's probably been talking to someone in there, and that it's teed up for him. Uh, who else? For Morris, will Morris go back? One of the couple of the, the, the recently retired players is, is it a massive ask or do they want the safe pair of hands to go in there? Um, me and Andy could go in and do it. Don't know if that's going to work out. We play total football. Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, look, it's an interesting gig. Cork are without a manager. Kerry are without a manager. There'll probably be a few more over the summer, lads, or over the, the over the autumn. So, does, does that make you feel like? Kerry have more of a chance to win the All Ireland next year. Or they have less of a chance. Depends who gets it. Yeah, and I think I, I think you need to. We need to be respectful here to Peter Keane and his, his management team. Yeah. it's uh, that's that tonight is a tough night for him. Like it's, mm. like he's dreamt yeah. he's, he's dreamt of that job probably all his life. Um, especially since he went into coaching, did an unbelievable job with the minors, and it hasn't worked out. So um, it's amazing to think. Uh, do you know, like I, I don't know who I don't know who gets it. I, I don't know Anton kind yeah. of uh, about the, the background, but it, it's for him. It, it's probably unfulfilled, and he's probably as, as Paddy said there. It was probably not even the Tyrone defeat. It was probably the Cork defeat last year that has ultimately put huge pressure on this year, and then mm. um, that's probably cost him his job. You know, but that that's that's the that's the level they're operating at. And like I say, Kerry. Dublin, there, there's a few counties there where there's no rumours in Dublin, Paddy, is there? No, 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 no. It's but just that if you're talking about Kerry, it's like if you're not winning the All Ireland, that's you're going to be questioned. That's a, that's just their tradition, their history. 
uh, and for Peter and the team to have gone in there and savage amount of work like we're talking about the, the work players put in coaches managers selectors all the young families and jobs to come up short they didn't end up getting over the line in all Ireland and ultimately that's that, that's why they've gone for the chain so like I say it's one of the most high profile gigs there is it'll be interesting to see how quickly it's filled like I say there, there, there's not going to be any shortage of, of suitors for it and you've got a pretty serious group of players there in terms of talent wise as well lots of people around around Kerry are going to be looking to get their hands in that job man. Massive news breaking news in the football pod with Paddy and Andy uh, Eagle Eyed Andy Moore actually spotted that one fair play to you Andy you must have a, a special tab there for... Uh, oh, stop. The, <laughs> <laughs> the bath phone started ringing in the background there. <laughs> so red flashing in the left-hand side uh, of the screen. Okay, I think we'll leave it at that. If you haven't subscribed to the football pod of Paddy and Andy yet, do it because we're 19 episodes in. Episode 20 next week, we're picking our all-star team. And then we've got a Swedish special podcast coming your way over the next couple of weeks. So we'll leave it at that. Paddy Andrews, thank you very much. Andy Moran, fair play to you. Thanks, lads. Want to know where Stunaline could take you this year? From school runs to road trips, from FaceTime to face-to-face time. Get away from the everyday and we'll take care of everything else. Take your car to Britain and France from only €139 car and driver one way. And if you upgrade to our FlexiFare, if your plans change, so can your ticket. Book today at stunaline.ie. Terms and conditions apply.